Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. It's Fizz Radio on the score 1260. John Eats, Ian Unsworth back with you here on another fine Saturday morning. Be sure to check out all of our content at orangefizz.net on the internet and on Twitter at orangefizz. Ian, big win for Syracuse over the weekend. They'll get into ACC play this weekend. Today, I should say, against Florida State at 3.30. But before we dive into all things Seminoles, how about that win for Syracuse upsetting Liberty? A lot of people didn't think it could happen, but lo and behold, it did. Well, you can toot your horn, John, because we know you were one of the few. And uh, I was in the Dome last Friday, and that was amazing. The noise that came out of the student section on third downs, fourth downs, the energy, although it wasn't packed, the energy that came out of that stadium when SU really needed it from the fans was great, and then to see the defense put on a performance like that, stymieing Malik Willis, third downs, fourth downs, stopping the quarterback run, which we both really talked about as a key to winning that game, and the strip sack at the end. Awesome stuff from the linebackers who have been excellent all year. I don't really know about Garrett Schrader. Uh, I'm I'm still not sold. I ha- I hate to say it, but I'm not sold just because the way he threw the ball was so lackluster. But if he can continue to make plays with his legs, I think it bodes well. That defense was unbelievable. And I just I want to punt a little bit here on Garrett Schrader for a second because I want to give the defense its fair, due. Fair, fair. A lot of people were doubting how good this defense actually was. Sure, you gave up only 17 points to Rutgers. They looked good in that game, but hey, it was Rutgers. Most Syracuse fans think that Rutgers is still bad. I keep trying to tell you that they're not that bad, and while you're seeing it week after week, you'll have a great chance to see it today when the, the Scarlet Knights take on Ohio State. We'll see how that one goes, but this defense is for real. This is the same Liberty offense that came into the Dome last year, put up over 500 yards of total offense, and torched Syracuse ran all the way up and down the field. Was not the same story last Saturday, and it was the same guys in the field in the same Liberty uniforms, but instead it was a Syracuse defense that held Hugh Freeze's offense to 21 points. And Malik Willis, aside from a couple of drives, one near the end of the first half, he didn't do anything. He did not look like a potential first-round quarterback, and the stat sheet backs it up. Well, he's still a potential first-round quarterback. Let's make that very clear. There were probably upwards of 25 NFL scouts in the press box at the Dome to watch Malik Willis. And I think that Sean Tucker and Michael Jones also threw their name in the ring for, I would say, playing in the pros. Do we want to get to the Schrader conversation now? Is, is it time? Yeah, yeah, we can get to it. Really, I don't know how much of a conversation there is. Uh, I was very surprised by the decision. I thought Tommy DeVito would be the guy for this offense, so I was really taken aback, and that that decision was made right before kickoff, and DeVito actually made a radio appearance earlier this week and said that he was even surprised by that decision. Now, my question is, how do you handle it going forward? Because Dino Babers is, you know, as we know, he's kind of, he's hard to come to conclusions, make decisions, he kind of is strange with his timeline and how he goes about things. And this week he said that Garrett Schrader is the starter, but 
he's going to tailor the game plan and who plays quarterback to who the Orange are actually playing that week. So that means DeVito could be the starter on one given week. Schrader could be the starter on another given week. What do you think about that? It seems like as much as we're trying to put this two-quarterback system to bed, it's still roaring up. Well, it's roaring up because Dino is is about it in the spirit of fairness. Ugh, fairness. Because DeVito's his guy. We've had this conversation so many times, but Tommy DeVito is Dino's guy, so you can't just put him on the back burner. You have to keep him in that conversation partially. I think Dino has a special place in his heart for him. He, he holds it in his heart to give Tommy DeVito a taste of the success. Now that the defense is playing well, the O-line's finally holding up, everything's kind of coming together for Syracuse. And I think Babers just wants DeVito to finally to be a part of something, I would say, that isn't a 1-10 team or a team that looks like it's going off the rails every other week. But regardless, it's not worth it. It is not worth it to play two quarterbacks. I don't care how predictable Garrett Schrader running the ball is. I don't care if DeVito suddenly develops the arm of, uh, of Patrick Mahomes. It is not worth it to play two quarterbacks. Pick one and stick with it. Don't let the offense get confused. Don't let them overthink things. Keep it simple because that's what's working. That's what I've been saying for weeks. It's John Ease and Ian Unsworth here on Fizz Radio on Saturday. Syracuse, Florida State kicking off at 3.30. But we're talking about the quarterback battle going into this game. Garrett Schrader is listed as the starter, and I think he should be the starter. With Schrader in the game, Syracuse actually has an identity offensively. Because coming into that Liberty game, I was even questioning it myself. What does this offense do well? What do what do they do that you know will happen on a week to week basis? Run yes. the ball. Run yes. the ball. Sean Tucker will run the football. He will get his yards. But also against Rutgers, he only had fifty four yards on thirteen carries. So are we sure that against a potent defense, he will be able to do that with Garrett Schrader in the game? I think he does because Schrader has that ability to attract the defense, hold the defense. With him in the game, he's a bigger running threat than Tommy DeVito. And my argument is that he opens up even more holes for uh, for Sean Tucker. Because the defense has to account for Schrader keeping the ball and running the football. So then it becomes 11-on-11 11 11 football, not 10-on-11 football with DeVito in the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But we also have to acknowledge the fact that Liberty's front four was, was dog water. They did not play well. They got pushed around for That's most... That's a testament to the offensive line. They it's, got, it's a good unit. They got pushed around for most of the day. And I, I, I have to say, like you when they hand it off to Tucker, you know 90% of the time he's getting the football. It's not a it's not a real dual threat. It is Tucker is getting the ball because that's what Syracuse has designed its offense to do. They gave him thirty two carries. Yeah, that's like that's a uh, lot. I was, Abdul Adams had two, and as I was watching the game, I was like, guys, Abdul Adams, guys, guys, guys Abdul Adams does not look half bad as no. as the backup running he back. He should now. get it five to seven carries a game, giving Tucker thirty plus. Now here's the argument. You're selling out to win that Liberty game. You're going to do whatever you can to win that game against the Flames. So if that means Sean Tucker's got to carry the ball 30 times, fine. But this should be the only game this season that he carries the ball 30 times. That's too many carries. What if it's Clemson and it's close in the third quarter? Again, what good is he if he's not on the field because he's injured? Okay, well... You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, Abdul Adams can take 5-7 to seven carries. I, I'd give Abdul Adams 10 carries sure. and really not blink. Sure. I'm, I think, I'm perfectly fine with him out there as a stopgap measure. Um, but let's see. I think we've really hit the hammer on this Liberty game. And at, overall, Syracuse showed that it's really competent. 
and competency is all you need against Florida State. Let's make that perfectly clear. They are bad. Florida State is the equivalent. I said this in my uh, game prediction, which is up on orangefizz.net. You can find it on Twitter as well, at orangefizz. Florida State's the equivalent of having a fancy sports car, like a Ferrari or something, but you get it in a crash, and it's got a big dent in the side, the mirror's hanging off, the undercarriage is rusted, and it's it's you look like it just looks like it's going to crap, right? Mike Norvell is at the helm of this beat-down Ferrari that is sooner than later headed to the junkyard. What year is this Ferrari? Is it nineties? It's and I would 2000s? say it's no, it's about like a, a two thousand actually it's a two thousand thirteen because that's when they won the national sure, championship. Sure. There you go. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's a program that gosh, it's really just tr- it's trying to climb out of the cellar, but it just can't. You you think at some point the Seminoles will, but they're just doing everything in their power not to. Think of that hail you posted it on your on your article. Uh, you did like a whole encompassing thing about the program and actually why they're still getting top recruits. It's a blue blood program, like you said. They were in the national championship less than a decade ago, but still, they just refuse to win games, pull themselves out of the cellar, and look like a formidable, competent team. And it's a week after week thing. I have no reason to believe it's going to happen today. And when it comes to Florida State, there are a few I would say key stats that we can touch on as to why the Knolls are just so bad. First of all, they lost the final play on a 50-plus yard Hail Mary to Jacksonville State. It wasn't a fluke either. It was just a lack of effort, lack of coaching play, simply. And when you watch them play, it, it feels like they don't play with effort. That is thing number one that you have to ask from your football team. And last year with Syracuse, it didn't look like they were really into it, and especially when Duke's running the ball on you, when when Liberty's running the ball on you, when any team is in your house beating you by three touchdowns, you're going to turn off a little bit, and that's just natural, but with Florida State, to see this switch off so early on in the season, I mean, that you have to question Norvell's leadership, because offensively, You don't really trust either of the quarterbacks that are there. There is, I would say, a lack of just knowing what you have on the outside with your wide receivers. You have a good running back. You don't use them enough. And then on defense, it's it's all over the place. Louisville tore them up last week because, well, Florida State just didn't have a game plan. Yeah. But I, I will give Florida State credit. Gave up 31 points in the first half. Actually shut the Cardinals out in the second to make the score a little bit more respectable. But still, this team doesn't really do anything well. If you're just joining us, it's John Eads, Ian Unsworth here on the score 1260, previewing Syracuse and Florida State going down at 3.30 later today. Florida State doesn't do anything well. 11th in the ACC in total offense, averaging about 387 yards per game. Not very good. Syracuse actually right above them at 10th. And Like we keep saying, the Syracuse offense is still trying to find its groove, if you will. Defensively, 12th in the ACC, allowing 415 yards per game. I look at this team, I just don't know what Syracuse is is supposed to be scared of. Do they have a good kicker? Is the water boy, like, filling up waters really fast? What does this team do well? I don't know. (laughs) Is the water boy filling up water? I'm trying. I'm really searching to find something that... Syracuse should be scared of, and why you uh, you told me this, and I'm shocked. Florida State beat writers are picking Florida State to win. Yeah, how about some unbiased coverage, you know? Well, it's back to the old Florida State was good in 2014 thing, which 
I think we need to really unpack later on in the show because it there's a whole lot of body and depth behind this point. But it's it's the it's the recruiting, it's the fancy uniforms, it's the crazed fan base that are all on the message boards. I saw something on a Florida State message board earlier this week um, that said Florida State's defensive backs are going to meetings under the influence. <laughs> under the influence. Well, I mean, these are college that, football that, that players. These are college football players. They're not doing that. Like, come on now, man. There, are, there is no explanation as to why this team is bad besides bad coaching and lack of effort. My second stat, because I know I said I had a couple stats. My second stat, Florida State is minus seven in turnover margin. Yeah. And they've only played four games. Again, you're undisciplined. You turn the ball over. You don't have a game plan. It's that same sort of thing. None of these guys are inspiring confidence in me. Kenny Dillingham replacing Rhett Lashley as offensive coordinator? Nothing's changed. No. They still throw the ball down the field way too much. They don't rely on their talented running backs. And the wide receivers, when they need them, disappear. If I were Florida State, I would use Jordan Travis and do what Syracuse is doing. Run the football. You got three really good backs on this team, and like like Ian said, you just simply don't use them. Deshaun Corbin transfer. Deshaun Corbin's A&M. great. Really good. He looked great against Louisville last week. Averaging nine yards per carry. I mean, come on. 48, 48 attempts for 439 yards and three scores. This guy's got to get the ball more. Treshawn Ward, a guy that's kind of climbed up the rankings a little bit, climbed up onto people's boards the past couple of weeks, averaging 6.3 yards per carry. He's kind of taken over for Lawrence Toafili, who hasn't really been doing very well. If I'm them, I'm going Jordan Travis. I'm running the football. I'm going short passing game like Syracuse is, and that's the identity of this offense because everything else hasn't worked. All respect to Mackenzie Milton. Love the guy. Great story for college football. But if he's not getting the job done, you got to pull the plug and put Travis back in. Yeah, if you don't know the story of Mackenzie Milton, it's a really crazy one. Started at UCF, uh, was part of that uh, quote-unquote national championship team back in, what was that, 2017? 2017. Oh, that seems like a while back. But, uh, yeah, so he's playing extremely well, then has um, a a knee injury that is so severe that the doctors tell him he may never walk again, let alone play football. AC, like, pretty much destroyed his whole knee, and he made a full recovery. He's back, now transferred to Florida State after Dylan Gabriel took over at UCF, and he's doing some pretty good stuff. But it's not good enough. I hate to say it, but it's not good enough. Milton is not a good enough quarterback with his arm to carry this Florida State team to victory. And I like the Jordan Travis idea, Jades, but at the same time, Syracuse literally shut down the best running quarterback in football last week. So and I their backs, too. Yeah, and their backs. So I, I really don't think that idea for Norvell holds any weight, although chances are Norvell is just all the, his ideas go in one ear and out the other. So Florida State is bad. We have made that argument, backed it up. Now I want to flip the script before we get into predictions here on Fizz Radio. John Eads, Ian Unsworth with you. I want to talk about how Syracuse matches up with this Florida State team. I want to throw out a couple of of rankings from Syracuse's perspective. So the Orange are third in passing defense, also top three in rushing defense as well. I think that bodes well against what is terrible, like we've said, Florida State offense. On the other side of things, is there anything about Florida State's defense that scares you or anything about... Uh, SU's game plan going into this game that might scare you, kind of leading on the run game. 
Well, I would say the obvious passing downs are the things that scare me the most because Syracuse is going to get in a few of them. There are going to be some plays that don't work. There, Some things aren't just aren't going to go right. That's the nature of football. And when you let Jermaine Johnson, Georgia transfer, who's got five and a half sacks already, pretty sure that leads the ACC, when you let that guy pin their ears back, it, it, it's dangerous. That's where Florida State has most of its talent, on those edges, yeah. on the, the skill positions on defense. They always do. And you can, I, at this point, I'm considering the edge rusher a skill position. That is a literally a craft to be a great edge rusher. So when you get Syracuse in those tough passing situations when Florida State can blitz, get a little exotic with the pressure, show Schrader something that he's not going to be comfortable with, that's where things get scary. But I don't think Syracuse is going to get into many of those, really, because they have Sean Tucker. The run game, I think, will find success against this defense. Yes, Jermaine Johnson is good, but he's one player, and he is getting his, but the other 10 guys on the field aren't as good and aren't playing to the level that he is. My thing is, when you pass the ball, you have to take advantage. Remember, the, you were there. The first play, Liberty-Syracuse, Damian Alford. Oh, wide open. Right up the seam. Wide, wide open. Wide open. Would have been a touchdown on the first play of the game. you got to hit on those plays. Those can't be overthrown. They can't be underthrown. When you pass the ball, and I imagine Syracuse will pass somewhere in the area of 15 to 20 yeah. times if they can avoid those obvious passing downs, you have to complete at least half of those. And Schrader did last game, but a lot of those were just short dumps over the middle. If you're going to go deep and you're going to pass the ball, you need to do it efficiently. You need to hit on those plays. That'll open up the box. That'll open up room for Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker to tote the rock. Yes, I 100% agree. I also think screens to Taj Harris sure. on the perimeter are not a bad idea because, John, you, touch the ball. You, and, you and I have been seeing some things from Taj Harris's Twitter account that aren't making us very happy. I don't I don't know if it's all happy-go-lucky in the Harris camp, but that's a conversation for Has another. It <laughs> uh, no, it, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Well, now that we've talked about both sides, let, let's move on to the betting odds. Last week, I think, did we split? Because you took the under, but SU lost. Yeah, we might have split. All right. So point each? Yeah, so I think we're tied up still. It's, it's neck and neck here. 4-4. Four, four. Let's four, see if four. we can't find a true winner this week. So Syracuse, Florida State. The Seminoles are favored by 5.5, which I don't really understand. The FPI also favors Florida State. Not that that matters at all. But what do you think about that, and which way are you leaning? Over-under is also set at 51. Oh, I will bang the Syracuse money line. I will double down plus one eighty on the Syracuse money line. There is no way Syracuse is losing this football game because it's not because Syracuse. It's because Florida State. We've already made this very clear. Florida State is a bad football team, and they will find some way to shoot themselves in the foot. Although I am taking the over, I've got my score prediction at 31-14. Wait, is that a... No, it doesn't. Yeah. Jeez, I can't do math. Um, so 31 to 14 <laughs> amounts to 45. So right. I'm taking the under. Yeah. I, I would be a little worried about a backdoor cover in this game just because Florida State, if they figure out some way to do it or if Syracuse just drops back and, you know, cover two sink, then Florida State could get some stuff going as they did against Louisville. But I, I, I'd be a little worried about a backdoor cover, but I'm taking the under. This game really reminds me of that Virginia-Miami contest from Thursday night. The Cavs were about a five-point underdog in that game as well. And I think with these lines, they're really just trying to tease you. Every single time I've seen it this year. It, they tease you into taking the brand name. And yep. that's, where you can, yep. that's where you can get Vegas. Yep. So I think this is free money for Syracuse fans and anybody that's listening to this 
Fizz Radio segment here on this fine Saturday ahead of Syracuse and Florida State. As for my prediction, I am taking Syracuse 24-16. I think it's kind of an uglier game, a slow offensive game. I don't want to predict Syracuse to score 30-plus when I haven't seen them pass the ball with some efficiency. So if they show me that set, uh, today, who knows? Maybe I'll give them a couple more ticks later on. 24-16, the final score for me. And obviously, if you do the math, that amounts to the under. So I'm with you on both sides there. So I'm not sure we're going to have a true winner this week, but maybe we'll get there soon. No, I think this game is a pretty easy one to call, except for if you're a Florida State beat writer. Yeah, no kidding. We'll find out who was right after Syracuse and Florida State goes down today at 3.30. Keep it locked here for Fizz Final. Right after the game, we'll have post-game thoughts and reactions. We'll see if Syracuse can earn its fourth 4-1 four start in program history since 1996, the second time the Orange will have done that under Dino Babers. We'll find out about all of that and more at 3.30 today. ACC Network, where are you going to find that game? Ian and I, that is all for us here on this week's edition of the FizzCast Preview Pod. We'll talk to you guys next week when SU welcomes Wake Forest to the Dome.